0: Episode two oh three. I'm not sitting around waiting for Brian Giante, I'll tell you that much. Lou Lamarello didn't teach him shit. Right? Hey? What happens if you if what
1: happens (laughs) when we we say when we say be on the pod at nine o'clock and you show up at nine o'clock, what does that mean? That you're just you're you're not you're I actually think you're late if you're you are late. You are late because if you're on time, then that means you're late in the game of hockey. That's just what I've been taught from a very early age from multiple coaches. If you have a meeting and it is at nine o'clock, do not show up at nine o'clock. You show up at 855. Okay. That's when you're on time. If you show up on time, well, that's that a means veteran you're speaking.
0: Late. I, I, That's a veteran. I would have been there at 850.
1: Well, listen, I mean, I learned that from veteran players on my team cuz when i showed up and walked in and they're looking at the clock and everybody's sitting down for a, p- power, a power play or penalty kill meeting and they're sitting there with their with their arms crossed and looking at me like i've done something wrong when i'm on time i had 3 guys that literally would tell me "Ribs, what time are you supposed to be here at? Well, I'm supposed to be here at 9." No,
0: the meetings at nine, you be here early, five, 10 minutes early. If you're five minutes early, you're 10 minutes late. How about yeah. the heroes though? Hey, remember the, remember the hero guys on your team, you'd have a nine o'clock meeting and at like eight 59, they'd be running in, huffing and puffing from the gym. Hey, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I was just finishing a couple reps here. Sorry guys. Oh, good meeting didn't start yet.
1: I get it. I get it. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll let Geo slide. He's he, listen. I mean, he's got a busy life. He's he's uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on right now in his life. But uh, we'll
0: well, sure. we'll let him in. We'll let him in here. But I, I was actually, it's amazing. I was going to open the show today, literally by saying, "Man, there is nothing to talk about." No, we, what we need, listen, you know, what we lack
1: right now and, and, and what we've had in the last decade or two decades is, you know, usually at this point in the season, when you're talking, uh, you know, you're in 40 games, um, plus some, some, some more, some less, um, we're, you, we're usually talking about a storyline of, of, you know, a dirty hit, a player that's going to be suspended anywhere from, you know, depending on coach being
0: fired, a GM being fired.
1: Sorry. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're looking, we're looking for things to talk about right now, but usually we're talking about a suspension, a dirty hit, um, something going, something happening where there's a player injured that's going to be out and a certain player could get suspended for anywhere from, you know, three, five to 10 to 15 games. It will
0: range in what people see. Right. And we haven't had anything. Oh, we normally have some pretty good very, battles, you and I, about suspensions and, you know, and and I'd say 85 to 90% of the time we strongly disagree with each other. Rarely will we argue something just to argue it. I, I mean, but we've had none of that. But, but then when I get on the show today and you're like, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking like, oh my God, how many times can we talk about Connor McDavid and that sick goal that he scored last night? And it's like, okay, well, let's move on from that but then you start firing out i i, I mean obviously we're going to we got to talk about the sabres letting casey fitzgerald go for no nothing yeah you couldn't have got be, a, you could be that'll be a good conversation a fifth for him. Because- couldn't have got a fourth for him he's a right-hand shot defenseman who actually plays with a set of nuts on this team
1: yeah
0: anyway I mean, we'll get into that'll that that'll be a good discussion because i well, mean, i mean
1: there's there's various ways of of actually looking at that situation and and trying to talk it out about make sense what, of it and make sense of it Make yeah. you know make sense of what kevin adams and his staff is looking at in their mindset and then all of a sudden having the couch potatoes that are able to just throw uh, throw darts and
0: daggers you know and we'll we'll uh, we'll try and break it down uh, you brought up Austin Matthews hurt. How's that going to affect the Leafs and, uh, PK Subban returning back to Montreal. You thought he had some interesting comments. I think that's funny. And Gio, you guys both played in Montreal. So i will be curious to hear your thoughts on that. Let's go get the little weasel. It was late.
2: Morning boys. Don't Is good it? morning us. Hold on.
0: <laughs> late and prepared. We see.
2: <laughs> I was three minutes late and you made me wait like 11 minutes 11 minutes late late. when i text you at what did did you
1: text us exactly what did you text us
2: 9 39 what did you
1: text us exactly (laughs) let
2: me in bitch (laughs) and
1: there that's why you sat for an extra five minutes (laughs) deal always a Petey, pleasure having con- you on bud. Petey, whether you're, you're three or 10 minutes late we're it's, all
0: good with that because uh your
2: show pd take charge buddy let me in you have control of the master board
0: well when you go back and listen to the episode i was the one that started at after you were two minutes late <laughs> 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 just keep well, it Gio, how, how have you been you've been busy no, been hold busy. on, Gio. I don't right. care how you've been. Greg brought up a great point. What would happen in New Jersey if you were two minutes or three minutes late to a meeting?
2: Lou Lamorella would have sent you home for the day and told you to think about it or find a watch.
0: And find how much? Clock.
2: Oh, yeah. you. I don't know what the fine, the going rate back then was, right? Petey,
0: you won't click Geo off this show. <laughs> You no, won't I w- click them off the show. No, you know why I won't? Because if I do, then the entire show is you talking. Here we go. Oh, boy. Here we go. What do you mean, oh, boy, Geo? <laughs> <laughs> that was your line. That I know was, it was. <laughs> that was your line. Anyway, good morning, Gio.
2: Morning, boys. Morning, morning. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been good. I've been busy. Running around with the kids. Got a little uh, Wednesday. At uh, Niagara University, helping out uh, the hockey team there. Do that on Wednesdays all day. And then uh, youth hockey, bud. Youth hockey.
0: Like, are you're helping at Niagara University? Yeah. Are you really? What are you doing there?
2: I just go on the ice with them and help their guys or whatever and coaches, wherever wherever they kind of need help, whatever's going on that day.
0: How long have you been doing that?
2: A couple months now.
0: Oh, nice to know you. Yeah. I had no idea.
2: I keep things tight, buddy.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this then. How much of Brian How old's your youngest?
2: 17. Oh, my youngest? Yeah. Yeah, my youngest is 10.
0: Okay. Do you do you want to get into coaching of some capacity or like where what are you where are you at with uh life after hockey? I know you're enjoying yourself and this isn't yeah. turning, I don't want this to turn no, into a yeah. Brian Gionta interview, but I'm, I'm curious to know what someone like you thinks about.
2: I'm I'm honestly, I'm a hundred percent content. Everything that I'm doing right now, I have, I love the flexibility. I love the not being committed. I like uh, being able to bring the kids on the weekends or have the night to grab them. Or I, I just, I like the flexibility. I, I have no longing to get into anything full-time right now. Um, Does that change in two, three, five years? I I don't know, but um, it's a fun little thing to do on Wednesdays. Go there, it's pop in, you have fun. It's a different voice. There's no responsibility in the sense that you're not carrying the weight of anything, right? Like you're, you're just helping the coaches work through things or the players work through things and the players are pretty receptive in the sense that you have no agenda, right? Like you don't hold anything over them. So they're just looking to absorb whatever info you have for them, whether it's on ice, off ice, whether they're dealing with something, you know what I mean? So that's fun, but I wouldn't want to do it seven days a week all day either.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. That's interesting. So I don't know.
2: I don't know what happens in two or five years. But is I'm there a timetable?
0: Last question: Is there a timetable for guys? I mean, like I'm so far removed that the thought of even ever getting back into hockey, if there ever was even a chance, would be long closed for me. But I mean, I guess g- guys like Brian Gianta kind of have like en- endless <laughs> amounts of time. No, no, I don't think you have. I don't. I don't answer.
2: think you have endless amounts of time. I think that's the risk you run. Right, the longer you take and you're out of the game, the the harder it is to get back in, or a different level you get back in at, but I guess that's the risk I'm willing to kind of roll with right now, just cause I'm enjoying every, every minute of things. So. And I how long have you been retired for now? Uh, This is five years. 2018 was my last year, I think. So this is my fifth year.
1: And when you, when you retired, you were okay with everything?
2: Uh, you know,
1: again, yeah. like there's a lot of players out there that um have been in the structure i say this been in the structure of being almost like militant in the sense that you're being told when to be in every aspect of your life whether it's you have to be at the rink a certain time in the morning you have to be at a meeting at a certain time once you get to the rink um you tape your sticks at a certain time you interact on power play penalty killing um you know, you have to go see trainers to deal with injuries. Um, you go home, you eat dinner, the, the, the lunch at the same time, game days are like groundhog day. Cause you do everything the same every day, every day. And you do this for, you know, for you, you know, 15, what where were you 15, 16 years, 17, 17 years. And well, now G- all of a sudden it, it, it stops immediately, just like a stop. And then you wake up after you say, okay, I've, you know, I've had a great career. I'm retired. How was that transition for you? And we've, never, we've, I, we might've talked in a little, talked a little bit about this, but you know, I'm, I'm thinking about how is the first five months and where are you at five years later?
2: Um, I, I had, I don't want to say no issues cause you got to deal with some stuff, right? Like you. That's a, you, you go from being so structured, so, uh, like you said, I don't know, militant was the word you use. You, you go from being that and you go from, uh, you go from making a shit ton of money. You go from having, you know, fame, whatever you want to call it. And then it all just kind of gets cut off for me. I don't, I didn't struggle with that. I didn't, I don't, I don't need the adoration. I don't, I don't go out looking for it. Um, you know, I, I don't try to put myself in positions that I need that kind of praise. I've never had that. I've never solely relied on Brian Gianta, the hockey player as the identity. So. Oh, he went
0: right to NBC right
2: after. Eh? <laughs> that <laughs> that, <laughs> that part of it didn't. That didn't hit me like it hit some guys, right? So it is a real thing. It's hard um, doing what you've loved to do for so long. And I was lucky to do it for a long time and be healthy at the end of it. And you're still 40 years old. So there's still a whole half a life left to lead. And Yeah, but
0: Gio, when you said, though, you know, I didn't really, I, I, I don't remember exactly what you said, but you said I, I, it I didn't really have a hard that hard of a time. I can totally see why. I mean, when you look at at a career and a, f- a career of yes. fulfillment, yes, you you uh, you achieved everything. You achieved everything. You and, and 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 in no particular order, you were a third round pick. You did you win the Hobie or no, were you I didn't. just no? You, I were didn't no you were nominated a bunch of times. You won a national championship. Yep. Won a national championship at college, third round pick in the NHL, won a Stanley Cup in the NHL, made shit bombs of money in the NHL, played a thousand games in the NHL, was a captain of a team in the NHL. Like, like you, you can walk away and turn around, and and you came out reasonably or relatively unscathed physically. Like, I yes. we I know you had injuries, yes, but not like Craig. Yeah. You know what I mean. So yeah. Craig comes out of the game, and he's sitting there. You know, probably pretty fucking fulfilled about what he accomplished, but not fulfilled because of what he did in the games to try to be a champion and, and miss out on that. And, and, and then you have a guy like me who literally severe underachiever, in my own opinion, in my own opinion, like I thought I was capable of so much more. And I just look, and I would look back at 30 years old, I'm out of the game. I'm like, fuck, I thought I'd be playing this game till I was 35. I quit. I didn't retire. I fucking quit. Okay. Cause I couldn't handle it mentally and emotionally anymore. And so I had issues. I know Riv had had a tough time after. So I mean, when I hear you say that, I'm ha- I'm fucking so happy for you, Jill. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so happy that you had an easy exit. You know what I mean? No, Listen, but, but I, but I understand it and I'm happy to hear it. I'm happy to hear when, that. So. Yeah.
2: When I say easy, it, it's in the sense of, Listen, a daily struggle as far as a want, a need, a daily struggle with a substance, a daily struggle with an identity, finding yourself again. I didn't have that severe, right? Yeah. I had adjustment to uh, a daily life, but I still keep a, a routine. I, I Monday through Friday, I'm working out every morning. Like you, I wake up, bring the kids, work out, and then it's lunchtime. You know what I mean? So, like, I kept a routine in a sense that. I had a purpose. I wasn't just sitting at home, staring at the wall. You know what I mean? Like saying, what the, what the fuck am I going to do with myself right now? You know what yeah. I mean? Like I kept the routine. I love my time with my wife and kids. You know what I mean? Like it may sound as cheesy as it can be, but like you miss it. Like I had 18 years of 17, 18 years of pro hockey. Grind. Yeah. But
0: you didn't even know what it was.
2: Yeah. That's right. you don't for sure. The crazy
0: thing about because is you're this, not there, that, you're only really yeah, there full time in the summertime.
2: And you're not there full time in the summer because you're waking up like my routine in the summer was we were skating by 7 a.m. Because I wanted to be done by noon. You know, what I mean 11 noon o'clock, like noon o'clock. Eleven or twelve o'clock. I wanted to be done in the summer. So I had the rest of the day to deal with the kids. But th- you know that. Like with that, you're on the boat and you're thinking, shit, I'm gonna have a couple beers but i'm not gonna have 10 i'm gonna i'm going away for a long weekend and i'm missing a friday workout well i can't i gotta do something on the weekend right like i gotta like so as as much as you are present you're not present in the sense that you always have something hanging above your head that like a responsibility a commitment a a inner drive to i don't, I don't want to call it panic but you always have the deadline of training camp and, and coming back and trying to live up to a contract or your stake, your place in the league or stay in the league. It's, it's a constant, even though you're, you're or even clocked.
0: just on stake, your place on a team. I yes, mean, there's, even a, there's an expectation in. from your teammates, Brian, to show up in shape when you're making 5 million bucks.
2: And it's every single year. It doesn't change whether you're the captain. It doesn't change whether you're the rookie, you have to come back at a certain level for yourself, for your team, for your, you know, the fans, you know, like it's just, so you are on the clock from seven to 12, but the rest of the day is still built around everything we did. That's why we were so narrowly focused on being pro athletes that like something gives, right? Like something has to give. And it's, you're not always fully present in what you're doing. It's
0: everything. Like there's just a a complete around the clock
2: hundred percent because you're on the weekend, everyone's grilling or you're at the lake and it's six o'clock and the family just wants to grab burgers and hot dogs, you know, and it's easy to get caught up in that like quick lifestyle, but you being a pro athlete, you have to, okay, we'll get you your hot dogs, but I'm going back to grill a chicken or I'm going back to get, you know, something healthier than that.
1: So there's another side of this too, Right. There's another side to it that no one ever, I, I literally have not heard anyone talk about. And I've talked to many former hockey players, buddies of mine, guys I played with, guys that I didn't play with, played against. And, you know, we all ask the same question. How you doing? How you doing? Because we all know that it is a really tough transition from being that pro hockey player that's in the limelight, that is so structured, to all of a sudden... You know, ultimately being nobody, yeah. you know, and um people don't talk about this one subject, which is also another really hard transition into your new life is how about dealing with the your wife? How about dealing with your wife every day? So your wife understands that you wake up every single morning at the same time, you leave the house at eight o'clock. Sometimes you don't get home till later in the day. Um and then you you basically take a nap on game days, wake up, say hi to her, give her a kiss, leave, go to the rink that night, don't get home till 11 o'clock at night, and then you just continue to do that. Then you're on the road half the time. So when you retire, no one ever talks about the wife. No one, no one ever talks about the girlfriend and the transition that so many players and the women have to deal with now all of a sudden where you've had your 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 husband on the road for half the time because he's traveling and the other half of the time he's leaving in the morning and getting home later that that day now all of a sudden you've got this grown man that is walking around in a bathrobe at three o'clock in the afternoon (laughs) with nothing to do (laughs) And now all of a sudden she's sitting there looking at this guy every
2: single (laughs)
1: solitary day. She's looking at this guy and, and he has nothing to do. And you're, and she's like her life. So it's, I mean, there's more than just the transition from hockey and not being with your guys, your teammates, the competitive atmosphere, um, you know, what you did, but you also have that, that other part of your life that no one talks about is your transition to actually dealing with your, your life partner. And, and, uh, and having to deal with that because there's a major transition for not only the player and now retired player. Now you're looking at your wife who has, is not used to having a person home every single day. And it's just interesting how all these things happen. You look at the, you, you look at the divorce rate of, of, you know, just the general society. I think it's around what 50, 55%. Well, go and look at the
0: divorce rate in the NHL.
2: Yeah, it's high. I don't remember. It's extremely high. Well, it's
0: thirty-three percent on this podcast right now. Oh my god!
2: But no, it's it's a huge. There's so many layers to it, right? Like you could. There's just so many layers to it, and that's why it's such a hard transition. It's a hard transition for lots of factors. One being that you were—that's all you dreamed of as a kid. And then all of a sudden you're 40 years old and you've got to grow up, you know, and figure out what to do with yourself. You know. That's right. Yep. Listen, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate that I don't have to get a job. I'm fortunate that I can Listen, I I I I never made my identity as just a sole hockey player. Like I had other things in my life that I that I valued that I that I found it's so it wasn't It wasn't that part that that got me. The playing part, the the part that the first year that got me, year and a half, was that you still could play in the league. Like, I knew I could still play in the league. I don't know if I could have grinded it out through the summer, through another season, but you would watch games and be like, I can still compete. I can be out there. I can still make a difference. Um, You missed – I missed playing. I missed competing. I missed being with the, the guys. I didn't miss traveling. The grind of waking up, uh, not sleeping at night—whether it's because you're worried about a game or because you just got in from the West Coast and your kids want to see you—that part of it, the grind of it, I don't miss. But I'm lucky. I'm I'm, I'm very fortunate. I, I it went as smooth as I think it could have gone. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Listen, well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I miss oh, I miss, I did not days, miss the game at all, days. man. Yeah,
1: I did not miss the game at all. I did not miss the competition. I had enough of it for 20 years of my life. What I missed are the boys having a coffee, sitting down, stretching in the room and just talking about life, talking about things that are happening in our lives, laughing and giggling and sometimes being serious to try and find solutions. I miss Willie. I miss George. I miss T-Mac. I miss the trainers that made They were like, they were like, they weren't trainers. They weren't trainers to us. They were like your best friend. They were your psychologist. They were, they were, they were like there for you in every stretch uh, that you guys can think of. And we all went through it with these guys. And that's what I missed.
0: Do you know what I miss?
1: Those guys.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's, that's some of the best times, but you know what I miss? And I was thinking about this the other day and you just brought up what you miss. I know what I miss most about playing in the NHL. There was nothing better than getting on the plane on a day before game flight. You know, you get on the plane, three o'clock flight, everyone's in jeans and a button down and you're talking about. Never in you,
2: Jersey. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> not in Montreal. In, no, in Jersey. Not in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, the, 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 the day before the game, like, you know, you're playing tomorrow at, on Thursday and you're flying out Wednesday. You know, you get on the plane, you get your per diem. Who knows what you do with it. You probably lose it in the first 20 minutes. You know, you're talking about where you're going to dinner, you know, the game, other stuff going on around the league. Maybe guys break out some cards. You know what I mean? Like grab some snacks. I that was that was the best for me, because there was nothing to do with hockey. There's no practice, there's no coaches yelling at you, there's no thinking about a game. It's just all the guys in this tin can flying through the air, just
1: ripping. And on you're each all going other. through it together. Whether you're winning and you were on a winning streak you all did it together. Okay. And when you were on the losing streak and trying to find solutions and things were quieter and more reserved and there wasn't cards being played at the back of the plane, um, after losses, you, you craved trying to find a solution together. Right. And it's just, that's what made this whole thing. Like none, nothing that was done was, was individual, And, and, and don't get me wrong. There's, there's guys that care about their points and every, everybody cared about their points and, and their penalty minutes or plus minus, but ultimately at the end of the day, we did everything together and we were just one massive, happy family. Okay. You could be fighting a teammate in practice one day. And then the next, literally the next night you're going out to dinner with them, laughing your head off and having smiles and a great time and it's just that's what made the whole environment great so riff wants to talk about this so there's me teeing you up riff well listen i mean jill how many times you heard that i'm i'm the producer i'm the producer of this show and the host and craig's just the guy who answers questions he's the uh you know we call him the ho- co-host but he doesn't really host he doesn't really so listen petey if you want the title of host, do your goddamn job and tee it up, but <laughs> because right now ah, we I have don't the want
0: the title of host. Okay. Oh yes. You oh no, yes, you oh, no, you no, no Here's day. Here's
2: the thing. I don't want the title of host. It's I just, just so damn good at it. it just, I just oh, have yeah. to
0: do it. Cause I'm so God gifted at it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like when, when you're teaching your kids how to drive or like having them do the, like drive the boat and stuff like that. Like, you love the control. I love driving. I love like, and then it's like, oh, I'm giving a little bit to Craig, and I'm not quite sure how he's going to be at it. So I why can't, is he
0: going? Why is he going give, toward the? Why is he going toward the bluffs?
2: Yeah, <laughs> straighten it out a bit, Craig. That's Petey right. every day when he gives you a little bit of leash to go with. He's, he's just like inside; it's killing him a bit. It's like letting, you, know it's what, he, puppy you know what you know what Petey needs cage for like you know. You know we know, we just wasted nice.
1: five minutes of talking about how great Petey is at hosting and doing this, and he just needs people to give him the pat on the back and tell him how great he is. I that's do why. it all the time because that's why a, we're
2: good friends. So sensitive, we, he it's needs
1: Ridiculous, it. Petey. Can you please transition us as host into the PK Zuban talk? Thank you.
0: I think you just did. I don't even know what he's doing there, Riv. I wasn't even really listening to you. Yeah.
2: Well, that's, that's not the first honored. time, but. He's honoring him. I don't know the extent of it. Well, but... my,
1: my question, I wanted to bring this up to you, Gio. Because you were like, you were the captain of the team. You're the big swinging dick on, on, on the, you know, the, the habitant <laughs> back in the day when PK was there and you guys were throwing blows in the dressing room. <laughs> My question is, listen, um, when PK Subban came into the league and I was playing against him, I literally wanted to kill him every single game I played him. I didn't respect him. I didn't like how he was, uh, he, as, as a rookie, he was Very um, flamboyant and and vocal, and it was all about him. And he wanted the limelight. And I didn't, I don't like guys like that. I didn't like guys like that. When I played, I like them now, now that I'm in the media, when I played, I was focused on, on the task at hand. I wanted my brothers to do the same thing and I didn't like the me, me, me stuff. So when I go back to PK, you have to understand he was one of the biggest spaces of that team in that era. Okay. He has done tremendous, tremendous things for the city of, of, of Montreal with his charitable stuff and his foundation, um, you know, with, I think it's uh, the The hospital, the children's hospital there. He has done incredible things. Like I mean incredible things. I right now it gives me chills thinking about what he's done as an individual for that for that city. And I think that is a major part of the reason, right? He is going back there for that fan base not only to appreciate how good he was because he he won a, a Norris trophy, but to to thank him for what he has done not only on the ice but off the ice.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's Listen, on the ice, he was, he was a, a a good player, a great player. But there's plenty that have been that way, right? Like, there's plenty um, that have come across and had just as much, if not more, success than him. So I, I do think it's the, the overall package as far as what he did for that community um, and what he did for it when he left, right? Like, he didn't just cut ties when he left Montreal and went to Nashville and when he was in new jersey he continued to honor his commitment to that community you know what i mean so like that that is very easily hey i'm no longer there i'm moving my my support to the community that i'm living in but he always he always gravitated and and, and continued to give his support for the montreal community so i think a lot of that mixed with um you know that he was a heck of a player That's why I think they're giving some kind of honor to him to let the fans say, Hey, thanks for your career. Thanks for everything you've done for us. Uh, you know, and good luck at, and your next chapter.
0: P.K. Subban is a hell of a hockey player and he is a dynamic personality as well. And I, I always got the impression that Montreal fans absolutely adored him.
2: Yeah. I think you had the majority that did, right? Like they, no matter what he did, if he, you know, in, in true PK fashion, like Riv says, he was a bit ahead of his time and the old guard that we were, we, we were used to, hey, you're a part of a team, you're giving up your 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 identity for a team and to buy into a team concept and and something bigger than you. And I think he started that evolution towards that individualisticness as far as self promoting and and that a building it. I don't know, but building his brand. He we
0: went to Boston College.
2: Like, I got. I'll show you my degree. I got one, but it doesn't matter. So I think, like, I can edit that
0: out for you, Gio. That's the best part about it.
2: Yeah, it's all right. I don't care. I I have no problem with that. But like him ch- changing, I don't want to say changing the game, but like that branding part of it. You know, it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way at first. It was great for the media in Montreal. It's great for the fan base in Montreal, um, and it would be literally. Craig Ravey does a spin out of it, 360. Pass it to his D partner. No one thinks anything of it. PK Subban does it with the PK Subban flare, and he's getting a standing ovation for doing a, you know what I mean? Like just the flare that he put into it. Like he did a 360 out of it, and then he held it and did a couple shakes, (laughs) and then passed it to his D man. And then all of a sudden, the place, the Bell Center, is erupting into a standing ovation. We're sitting on the bench, like. He could have just made a damn pass across my ice <laughs> to his partner, but he had to do that. But like, so that's why he's so beloved.
1: Listen, when we talk about him, there and you're so politically perfect in the way that you speak, you would never, ever, ever tear apart a guy. But I can guarantee you with one hundred percent certainty, and I will not put words in your mouth, but I will say this he was not one of your favorites. in the no. way that he um the, the pres- way that- Presented himself yes, and, exactly. and 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 the way that he played, he played for PK Subban. He played for seventy six. He played for himself, and where the majority of the guys that you were with on that team were trying to play as a team, and he yes. was completely in PK Subban land. Okay, yes, he's he, worried about but, 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 what clothing wait. line that he he can do.
2: Yeah, because, but he you
0: know. tried his ass off, though. I but mean,
2: he he worked hard. Right. Like, like that's he, that's the one thing I'll say. Hard. Every
0: time I watched him, he gave a shit because he was a hell of a
1: defenseman. That's why and
2: and and like with the guys like and around the arena and 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 with my kids and with my wife PK hell of a guy. You I mean like very warm very like like genuine in the sense that he would go up to them and give him you know like see my kids in the lounge and and my wife and have a conversation he certainly was not the guy that just buried his head blew by and thought he was better than everyone you mean that's not the player that that suban was on the ice and and like what you said for sure there was there was a lot of um pushback as far as trying to figure out a balance where pk could be pk and still be a part of the group. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and we could all make it work. And it was it was growing pains for both of us. It was growing pains for, for us as a leadership group. It was a growing pains for him as a rookie trying to establish himself too. So yeah. as it worked itself out, things started to kind of fall into place. You know what I mean? Yeah. A little more. And it was looking back now, him doing what he was doing. Is setting himself up for what he has now. He can walk into anything, and as charismatic as he is, he's gonna be he's the, incredible. I don't, I don't TV, know, I don't know man. what you would say to like like just a I don't know. I, I like Tony Romo. You know what I mean? Like Yeah,
0: I mean I, I think he's I think he will go up there as one of the all-time greats in terms of broadcasting when he's yeah. done. I really do. Yeah. I think he's absolutely yeah. incredible. I will say this he lost me. For a little bit there, with the Lindsay Vaughn videos,
2: with on the <laughs> ice with I'm like, "Oh my yeah.
1: god!" You know the <laughs> interesting thing about him is he came into the league and there wasn't too many players like him. Okay, he he came in and he was he was a very dynamic skater and the way that he did things. I remember the one of his very first training camps that he he came to Montreal. He was doing these fast feet, quick drills where drills that I did. For years and years and years and and he just did them with this like insane can't even flair it. Yeah. i can't even <laughs> explain how he did it and it, and it's not like he was doing it any faster than most guys but he did it with this flair and 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 passion towards it and the media members were the ones that basically built it up bigger than what it was and i and i my point that i'm trying to make is like montreal is a city that is one of the most passionate without question, um, and their love for hockey. And and Montreal wants to find themselves a superstar because they've had so many superstars, whether it's the Morris, the Rocket Richard, to Jean Beliveau to Henri, the Pocket Rocket, to Yvonne Cornwallier, to Guy Lafleur, and it just keeps going on and on. Patrick Waugh. They want to find themselves a star, okay? And P.K. started to build his brand. He was becoming a larger-than-life star. He hit a wall because he hit a wall with his teammates. He got moved out of that organization because of the team did not respect P.K. Subban. Did he get humbled a little bit when he went to Nashville, I remember the videos of him going, "Come on, Nashville, let's do this!" And all of a sudden, he realized that
2: Nashville well,
1: I, is, Nashville's I not Montreal. Well,
2: yeah, I, I don't know if it's. I, I think it. I think maybe the move to Jersey humbled him a little more. Like, look at the teams he went from. Right, he went from Montreal, and then I would put Nashville in the middle, and then you're down in New Jersey, where <laughs> like that's. You're getting seven thousand fans a night. The most passionate Montreal marketing media, everything, and then you got Nashville. That's kind of like, hey, it's a good market. Like you got that country niche for marketing. Okay, but you have the country. And then you get, but then you get down to New Jersey and you're like, shit, there's five, six pro teams within you know, 15-20-minute drive of here. And there's just so much going on in the New York city and whatever. It's not, I'm trying to say
1: just like that in Montreal, do they have an NFL football team?
2: They have nothing. Do they
1: have a, a, a major league baseball team? So what do they have there? Do they have college football, college basketball, college hockey? They have nothing. They have the Montreal Canadians. And I'm going to tell you right now, people live and die for that team everything is about the team they've got 20 papers writing about that team every single day and the writers in order to have people read their column they have to get dirty they have to get ugly they have to write stuff that people are actually going to read their paper yeah. instead of the you, other 20 so it becomes a complete shit show of journalism you want and another you kick
0: go, in the you want another kick in the on. balls
1: and then you go to nashville Nashville is, is one of the greatest cities to show up in as a, as a team that's coming into town, but the thing that, you know, listen, I mean, Nashville has a really nice fan base there, but the fan base is nowhere near Montreal because of the NFL football team. You have baseball, you have college football, basketball. I mean, there's so much in Nashville.
2: Yeah, but that's why I put it in the middle of the league, right? Yeah. Like, it's a very good, passionate fan base. They love their hockey there. Like, the arena's rocking. Like, it's fun to play there, but it's it, it's not Montreal. I mean, and you yeah. can't. They
0: went, the they went to the finals this first year there. They went to the finals his first year there, but the point I was going to make was, and I don't know if there's any correlation to this, so this is, but I mean, it's something you kind of have to look at with everything you're talking about. He leaves New Jersey, and now they're, one of the best teams in the league.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, so I mean, I don't, I, they you were know, young there... when he was there. And and I don't know like what he was like when I no longer was in Montreal, right? Like, or when he left Montreal, let's put it that way, because I knew people that were in Montreal. So I don't know what his Nashville stint was. And I don't know what his New Jersey stint was. But it's certainly, the PK flair was no longer driving the conversations because you were no longer in Montreal. So now it was more PK Subban as the player. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And- yeah pretty good year first year in Nashville. Um changing gears here. Uh here in Buffalo, actually. Casey Fitzgerald put on waivers, uh, head scratcher to me, right hand shot defenseman, played with played with some guts. I I I I mean, I, I get the Sabers had to make room for uh, three goalies. I don't know why it came at the expense of Casey Fitzgerald, but I thought maybe he couldn't trade him and get like a fifth round pick or a fourth round pick for him. But what?
2: what my question to that would be: What else are you going to do? Who else are you going to? Who else is going to fall on it? Right? Like, go for it, Riff. No, what I'm saying, like. It, like in the absence of making a true hockey trade, you know what I mean? And maybe behind the scenes, that was trying to be done. You know what I mean? I, there, it comes down to a an order. And I love Fitzy. Like I, I think he's great. Like I think what he does is very good. You know what I mean? And it's tough to lose him for nothing. You know what I mean? But on your depth chart, he was where he was for your team and your existing makeup. And maybe they hoped he was going to slip through the waivers, you know?
1: Yeah. Petey and I talked about this before, before we had you on there, Gio, we were just, you know, listen, I mean, there's no, there's no right and wrong answer, right? It's not perfect, but again, I mean, you know, Bryson adds a certain element to his game. He's really quick. Um, skates very well, you know, Fitzgerald brings something to the table, just like um, Clegg brings a certain element to the table. The problem is that I have, I think Petey feels the same way is you're, you're talking about a right-handed defenseman. Okay. We have all these lefties, Samuelson, Darlene. With you some know, grit to him. Listen, I mean, you, you, I like the idea if you are going to, move towards getting into the playoffs he is a a guy that i like to be my seventh defenseman i like having casey fitzgerald um as my seventh defenseman to be able to insert in my lineup he adds a little bit of sandpaper he plays a very strong simple brand of hockey my again i don't see these guys every single day and i know um Clegg has played very well for this team and has knocked Jacob Bryson out of the top six now that um Yoki haru came back and everybody's healthy. why wouldn't you release or or do the same thing to Jacob Bryson? That's my only thing. he makes 1.85 million dollars a year Jacob Bryson does. He has been clearly knocked down the 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 totem pole, okay? I would just like to keep the right-handed shot defenseman that plays with a little bit of grit, that skates well, moves the puck well, and plays a simple brand of hockey, and can be one of your extra defensemen, seventh defenseman. That's <coughs> that's the way I see it right now. And yeah, I, yeah, well,
2: you're you're talking guys that have been in and out of the lineup, right? That have moved up and down <laughs> when there's injuries. They're in when they're f- fully healthy. They're in and out, right? So they're that. They're guys that are, are, are good NHLers. They're not daily NHLers in the sense that they're not playing on this current team every night, you know? And so a decision is made. And so we've said it before. You alluded to it a little bit that you don't, you're not around them every day. And I think that's where you have to give a little bit of leeway and some of the slack, flack that's coming back for this move. At the end of the day, you're entrusting someone that sees them every day. You're entrusting someone that got criticized for the Samuelson deal and for the the um, Thompson deal. You know what I mean? Like, there's reasons these decisions are being made, and they're outside of our understanding because we're on the peripheral. So with, with that being said, I love Fitzy. I think Bryson brings a different element. But for some reason, they valued Bryson – or they thought that maybe Fitzgerald had a better chance of, of slipping through the cracks. And that's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's a gamble at that point to say, we got a fully healthy team. We like our team. What guy are we going to gamble with? And unfortunately it didn't work out. You, know I mean? you got a lot
1: of lefties. You have, you have uh, Clag, Clagg. Who's, who's a very good defenseman moves the puck very well. What's his, what's his best assets. He sees the ice. Well, moves the puck well, and he skates well. Okay. So let's just flip to the next guy who is his twin brother and his name is Jacob Bryson. So what's the difference between the two of them?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I get it.
0: They're, they're I, the I, exact
1: I, same player. The only thing is Bryson who has lost his top six position due to his play yeah, is making $1.8 million. So why would you put Casey uh, Casey Fitzgerald on the waiver wire who makes seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, who's a right-handed defenseman, 5'11", 190 pounds, skates well. Do you think shoots it's money? Well, do you think they just don't well? want to
0: have a million dollar because they get a million dollar cap relief, but they still have to pay him? Do you think it comes down to dollars and cents? Maybe you don't get a like million they, dollar they, cap relief on a guy that making that amount. I gotta check they, into they, that, they, but
2: what do you mean? On the waivers, you're saying? The team, you
0: when he goes to the minors,
2: do you think that do you think the team rather than like they
0: instead of the having them both clears, here, yeah, get rid of one so at least you're offsetting some of the cost of the other? I, I mean, instead it, it of burying 1.6 in the minors, like or I, I don't want to believe that it's that frugal, but maybe it is around here. I, I don't know. Um, I was at the game the other night, there were. It's a pretty good crowd there. I you know, guess
1: if that's the if that's the question, then why wouldn't they put? If Jacob Bryson probably would have been picked up on waivers, do you not think?
0: Maybe not with the way he's playing and the money that he's making. Yeah. Okay.
1: So, what do they have in the minors right now for defensemen that you can call up? Uh, you, tell you what, they're yeah, all here. Like,
2: yeah. So, how do you?
1: So my question is, why wouldn't you want Jacob Bryson, if he's not able to be in your top seven, put him in the minors. He's got two years at $1.85 million. If you have injuries, you have the guy in the minors that is a guaranteed 100% guy that you can call up.
2: Yeah, but that's I think they, they were just trying to there. do the
1: exact same thing with Casey Fitzgerald, which yeah. he's not the guy who would have put on waivers. That's yeah. the only thing. I don't really care that they put a guy in waivers, they had to. If yeah. they want to, if they, if they value, um, Comrie as a goaltender and they want to give him an opportunity and a chance, they do not under any circumstances, want to send down UPL because he's played and earned a position. Then it comes down to Anderson, who's 41 years old. You, you know, everybody, I've heard some people kick around like, well, why don't you just go to him and ask him to say, hey, you know, your time's up. We're going to go with these two guys. And 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 the thought coming back is Anderson's, Anderson's vibe around the dressing room, is is far more important than losing a player. Let's just say Casey Fitzgerald.
2: But but it's it's also listen. Anderson came in and was great for you last year, and was a you know you basically had to ask him to continue to keep playing, right? And so he did that for you. The fact that like people would want to just throw him off to the side at this point, you know what I mean, like. We complain all the time about players being pieces of meat and, you know, like things just to be thrown out. Like this is one of those instances that like, hey, stand by yourself and stand by the guy that wanted to be here, wanted to help this team and is willing to now be a three goaltender rotation. You know what I'm saying? Like, so there's something to be said about the honor with which they're giving Anderson. You know what I'm saying? Like. The yeah. fact that they're respecting that.
1: It's about you, value. And, it's about and, value. Yeah.
2: This and they value about, him. This is not they, about making Craig Anderson them.
1: happy because he stood by and played last year and came back. It's not about that. This You're running a multi-billion dollar organization. Okay.
2: But you don't think that affects, if that guy's a beloved guy in that room, you don't think how they treat him affects the rest of this team that they're trying to build up and make a playoff team.
1: Yes, I do, Gio. But at this point in time, it's about making the right decisions, and it's about the value of each player and what they do to propel this team in the right direction moving forward. They value Craig Anderson as let's just say a third goaltender. I wouldn't even put him. I wouldn't even put him as the third goaltender, but let's just say he is the third goaltender. They value his ability and what he does on a daily basis, being in that dressing room with all these super crazy young kids. Yeah. Okay. That they need him and his value is still very, very high, even though he might not play as many
0: yeah. games as as normal.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Not many times I agree with you, but I do agree with
0: you. Uh, the goalie, in fact, Luke and him was called up today Um, on p- paper. We all know he's yeah. been here, but they sent down Jack Quinn. Is that they paper? Loaned wait, Jack wait, is that Quinn roster
2: paper transaction too? Yeah, that's, that's well, got to be. I don't, yeah, I don't know the exact. These are all paper. So paper you don't it. think Jack Quinn's
0: games. going down to play? I do not.
2: I don't know. We'll find out. But,
0: like you just said the other day, they take him out, give him some time. They have, they have some players that they can filter. I in. said take him out.
1: JJ <laughs> Paterka and Quinn, I thought it was in, is a good idea in a back to back game. In, 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 and now a bit of a stretch where Paterka and Jack Quinn had not produced offensively because that's their job that it was nice to give these guys a little sit down and to kind of say, Hey, go and watch a game. Okay. Take it in. Learn from what you're seeing on the ice, have a little bit of a break and let's get you back into the game. Cause they're think
2: the schedule has anything to do with it, right? These guys are kind of hanging on. They could use a, a time to sit and watch and, and evaluate things. Yeah. And they got four games a, a week for the last couple weeks. And that's a big grind for these young kids trying to learn and be a part of this league, right? So you get them a couple of times where they're they're watching, but it nice also kind of they them actually fresh. have
0: four games a week. They have four games this week, four games next week, four games the next week.
2: That's a grind for Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Let Saturday. alone a, a young guy trying to like Hold on to Monday,
0: Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for three straight weeks.
2: That's a grind, man. That is a, that grind. is a
1: grind for a younger player. Listen, I mean, the, the, you know, those guys have not been in a situation. JJ Paterka has never been in a situation where he's going to play 80 plus games in a season. Okay. Cause you don't play 80 games over yeah. in Germany and, and Jack Quinn, um, in a season last year where he was shredding the American hockey league. Okay. Ended up getting mono. He was out for a month and a half, came back and finished the season. I think he played 56 games, uh, last year. That is not, that's not 80. 80 is you are mentally and physically getting drained. Okay. It happens to the guys that have been in the league for years, the, the thing is, the guys that have been in the league for years, we talk about the su- superstitions of going to the rink every day. There's a reason why you have those superstitions. There's a reason why you do things every single day, because it makes things easier to prepare yourself to go on for practice, to, to play in games. These young guys have not found their niche yet. They have not found what they need to do to shut off the noise um on the outside and just go each and every day to be the best professional you can be and it's wearing it's it's a very draining um time for younger players okay moving into the second half of the year the older teams the veteran teams will propel forward the younger teams are going to have a little bit more difficulty because they have a lot of players that have not played significant years in the league and have been through the grind. So I'm not sending down Jack Quinn. I'm going to just get him. him I'm going to rest him, okay? Maybe maybe you play him 2 games next week instead of the 4, okay? And I'm not taking that kid out because he's studly. He has shown me as a fan watching the games that on any given night he has the ability to help you win games because he's so dynamic his speed his skill set his hockey iq now you just don't want to tax he's like a racehorse you just don't want to tax him you got to give him the proper rest at his age
0: so so here's their here's their schedule coming up they a lost monday to philly terrible game a lost tuesday to seattle you have winnipeg tonight you're in nashville on saturday that's your next that's your next two games then you have Florida Monday at Chicago Tuesday Islanders Thursday it's your next five games
1: yeah Winnipeg Nashville Florida Chicago Islanders Anaheim Dallas St Louis Winnipeg and Minnesota that and those, is
0: your month of January
1: I'm and those tell you last right now, four games are on the road you know what you go on Twitter and you know we talked about how great the team was playing they're eight and two they were the second hottest team in the league they've dropped two games and they didn't play very well I still look at their their schedule in, in the month of January and what you said yesterday, Petey, or, or a couple days ago, sorry, a couple days ago, you said that there's no team out there that really makes you nervous. And I agree with you. I think the Sabres have a hockey team that can beat any team in the league right now. Unfortunately, they also have a hockey team that can lose to the worst team in the league. That's where they're at right now in their development of where their structure of their team is they can beat the best but they can also lose to the worst so the second half of the season i think they've played what 39 games already this year the second half of the season for the sabers the dog days okay is consistency in how you play each and every period each and every game moving into to whether you talk about four games in a week, it's all about consistency in how you play the game. Uh, and the, they have the 40... best teams in the league. The best teams in the league are the ones that are going to make the playoffs. And are the, are the ones that are the most consistent
0: Gio, they have 43 games left. If my OHL math serves me correctly, <laughs> they have 42 points right now. They need about what? 97 to just yeah,
2: be, beat- they, they need. Yeah. I would say nine, I think like the line always is right around that 98, you know, 96 to 90. Yeah, 9 ni- even 95. You know I, mean? I
0: think you get as low as 95, but you got to hit between 95 depending and on 98. The divisions,
2: right? Like depending on east west. Like the west will be a little different this year, won't it? They need but.
0: 55 points to get to 97 in 43 games. What's it going to what's going to take to get into the playoffs?
2: You, you need, last which, year it which, was which over hundred. Math, you need to be what?
1: It was yeah, over a hundred
2: last year, yeah, right? That's what I'm saying. It's got to be. That's what Petey's saying with the 97. I think you. I think your target is a. You want to target a hundred, right? Do you not? I think so. It gives you a point or two leeway. You're certainly not comfortable at a hundred, but it gives you a point or two leeway. So they're at what did you say, PD? 43 points.
0: I think it's going to be less this year cuz I feel like there's a lot of teams like all the way down to even Ottawa at 39 they're only 9 points out. Nine
2: you know points what I mean it's a heavy Nine's a lot nine, but then 9 points is a lot man. Okay,
0: but you have Philadelphia way down there in the 7th wild card spot they're at 41 it's a it's a it's a 7 point split. Yeah. So I mean I I think there the, I think it's going to be less points cuz I feel like there's a lot more parity especially in the east where some of these bottom teams are stealing points from the good teams. So I think that the Sabres can land in the 96 point range. They are, they are, I think that they could be looking good. That's, but that's still 54 points in 43 games. They have 42 and 39 right now. So when you're talking about the parody in the league, when you look
1: at last year in the 2000, 21-22 uh, season so in the east in particular the two wild card spots were boston that had 107 points and you had the washington capitals come in at the number two wild card at 100 points do you know what the third team was 99 84 Oh, shit. There was a massive. And oh, I think that's mean,
0: right. A the East block last block. year was decided by like the yeah. trade deadline. It all just came down to jockeying for is position. It, is
2: the East not but, like what the West is this year? Like yeah, last the West right? last
0: year was like what we're talking about. There were like four teams vying for that final playoff spot. Vegas was in yeah. there. Vancouver was in there. Nashville was in there. Yeah. So the is West.
1: The the West last year, the first wild card with 98 points was Dallas. The second wild card was 97 points with Nashville. So I think that is more realistic. We talk about Sabres are going to need a hundred points to make the playoffs. I think you're more in the range of being in the high nineties to slip into the second wild card spot in, in the East, because it's so tight right now. Like there's no teams Running. They're completely it. pulling away from the others. So, like I said before, it is about consistency right now in the league. And and the Sabres right now have, have, have been a team that ultimately has been out of the bloody playoffs by like Christmas, okay, for the last decade. They are now in a position to to be in the conversation of a wild card spot but it is not going to be easy because the the teams that you're that you're going up against it it's it's just a tough haul you have teams that are in the same position as you the the detroit red wings uh the florida panthers teams like that are hungry and and they're looking to to do exactly what the Sabres are doing. You have the Islanders, you have Buffalo, you have Florida, you have Detroit, Pittsburgh, Washington. Those teams are all Philadelphia. Philadelphia has, has 41 points right now. They're only seven points out of a playoff spot. That's the team
0: I was talking about. I yep. mean, they're not going to make the playoffs, but I mean, New Jersey, New Jersey has a game in hand on a few of these, or New Jersey, Detroit. Has a game in hands on a couple of these teams like Florida. They're game yep. and they're game to game with Buffalo. They got a few games on the Islanders and, and, a, and a game or two on Pittsburgh and Washington. I mean, this is not over yet. That's going to be a very interesting sprint to the finish here. And and this the the finish of this month is massive for the remainder of the season for this team. The Sabres could be out of it by the end of this month
2: or well, and it break yeah because you got 12 games in this 3 week span
0: and they're not I mean, easy like that is they're not easy games this is they make have a break. shit draw right now for what they are needing
2: to do <clears throat> yep agreed but this is the team that you've wanted <clears throat> this is the decisions you wanted to have you wanted a team that had a chance to be a wild card spot team you know what I mean and whether they are able to get it done this year or not it's still a successful year in the sense that you're making the strides that you want as an organization. You know, we've said it in the last couple of years. This is where you wanted to have a chance. Whether they can get it done or not, still 40-plus games to figure it out. But it's exactly the type of team that you wanted at this time coming down the stretch.
1: Yeah. So let's just say, hypothetically, they go one-on-one in their last two games. Okay? That would put them at a 20 20- a 21, 18, and 2, which would give them 44 points for the first part of this year. That's not going to cut it. Okay. They're going to have to, you know, significantly be better in the second half of the year to have a chance. And they do have a chance. They absolutely have a chance to make the playoffs this year.
0: That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle. And at Craig fifty two at the Instigator seventy-six. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.